do it, do it, do it, do it for the green. I just do it, do it, do it, do it, do it with my team. Okay, back to the cat who the rail on the rap with a small town team, but he got him on the map. More than a brand, got hard on my sleeve, got soul on my chest, got spec on the cap. My team good, my team working. Where your team, your team, one person. Just cop the studio, we deserve it. I throw the hoop like Irvin, don't nobody pass like me. Set it up, y'all passed on me, now I hurt, yeah, I bet it does. I'm only out here being everything I said I was. Who you know, stunt like us and spread the love. One on one, I'm authentic. No cash, I want all credit. You blew the money, y'all bald headed. Want the beef, but it's all dead. Did you kill him back already? Always on my grind, baby, I can never stop. Started at the bottom, What's good? Yo, podcast what? What are we on now? Six? Podcast number six. Yeah. Shout out to Nobody Epic for coming through podcast five and spiking the numbers for the podcast. <laughs> Definitely the most popular one so far. Yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah, podcast number six. Um, Let's see what I got here as far as topics I, i've been i've been uh pretty good about marking down topics this uh good that'd this be week. the first all right never come in prepared always coming prepared <laughs> <clears throat> so <laughs> so um did you watch any of the olympics um pretty much zero really yeah <clears throat> not i'm not that into the winter olympics really so my wife is super into the olympics and i'm really not into the into the winter olympics i yeah. think i think they're extremely overrated <laughs> yeah i mean they're cool like if if i was just sitting around bored and they were on it's not like i wouldn't watch you, you want to know the cool the thing that i enjoyed the most was curling i think i would be the same like i know in the past that's been one of my favorites it definitely was one of my favorites and uh i don't know i'm just the more this is the most i've ever watched the winter olympics and because of that, I have just really, I'm really sticking with the overrated opinion of the Winter Olympics. Yep, I feel like I feel like <laughs> I can legitimately talk about it, and if anyone asks me, I can honestly say now that it's just extremely overrated. Well, okay, what do you have in the Winter Olympics? I know you have a lot less sports. Curling is is straight to watch, but you got a lot of you got a lot of ice skating. Right, like you got speed skating, um, figure skating. Let me look I, up a list right now. I'm you got um, a bunch of skiing. I mean, hockey is hockey. That's whatever. But never been my favorite sport. Um, but it's got to be one of the better Winter Olympic sports. I mean, who's gonna sit there and watch cross country skiing? Give me well, curling. That, give give me bobsledding. Give me maybe like the luge shit for a little bit. You you want to know what was the hilarious part about all this is they had the closing ceremonies last night and um so I'm watching them and they're showing all the highlights of everything cool that happened mm. and so when you go down the the 20 minute like rundown of like all the cool moments of it I was like yeah this is this is sweet to watch but when you're actually watching those events, because a lot of them I actually saw in like right. when they were broadcasted. Right. So you have to go through all of the runs and you have to sit for like, I don't know, like an hour for all of these events and all these runs and sit through all the athletes that go through for like literally one or two like cool things to happen. Yeah. I guess that's kind of my thing with the between summer and winter Olympics is. There's summer sports where I will sit down and watch a whole event and it's entertaining. Whether right. it's like I love all the volleyball, especially the beach volleyball. 
You got basketball. Dude, badminton. I'll watch that. Some of the, what else we got? All the swimming events, uh, the track and field sprints. Like, they got a lot of stuff where I can sit and watch an event. Water polo. Yeah. Well, but as far as the winter sports, it's like one dope trick or, you know. Well, I was. While you're sitting through cross-country skiing for the I, rest of it. I totally forgot to write down. There was this. When I was looking up, um, like, the the comparison between the summer games and the Olympic games to, and to see what events were actually in them. Yeah. Um, I came across this. This thing like Twitter, Twitter compares Winter Olympics to Summer Olympics, and it was pretty much just like Winter Olympics. Watch me go down this yeah, sheet, of, like whatever. And it was all it was like super true though, as far as like what, Summer Olympics is just like pure athleticism and everything like that because it's just running and jumping <laughs> and like all of that. But with the with the Winter Olympics, it's like let me get on this instrument and see how fast I can go down this absurd yeah. hill. Well, I mean, part of it is everything in the winter is is done on ice, pretty much. Yeah, well, or in ice the snow, or smoke, whatever. Ice or smoke, yeah. yeah, so it's like, you know, that doesn't open you up to all the what typical, what you would consider athleticism. Well, so that's, yeah. I, I don't remember what day it was, whatever. Did you watch the, the U.S. gold medal um, curling one? Didn't they win the yeah. gold? Yeah. <clears throat> was that sweet? That was sweet. What night was that? That was... Was it in the middle of the night? Friday? Yeah, like later Friday night, I want to say. Well, I get a text from Dags at 4.16 a.m., which I didn't get till I woke up in the morning because right. I'm not up at 4.16 a.m. Right. I'm buzzed right now. <laughs> but I will quit drinking, quit everything to win a gold medal in curling. <laughs> no age limit. I need a partner. We can do that. Did you just see that? That's what I wake up to. That those are the texts. Yeah, it was it was because I actually I caught like half of it, and I actually went back to watch the replay of it. And it, I mean, it's entertaining. I just like watching it. I would rather watch. I, I me and my wife had literally sat for like hour because they always have like the um the channels that just show like the specific more popular sports on the NBC app. Like red zone for the Olympics? Yeah. And it was like literally just hours of curling. And I would just sit there and be super entertained and be pissed whenever primetime came on. And then they tried to show all these sports that yeah. I don't really care about. Yeah. So, but that leads me to an interesting topic. Cause Dags and I talk about this a lot. And the Olympics is a good time to talk about it. Do you think, like, what, what sport, winter or summer, would you go for if you were just, cause, there's a lot of Olympic sports that these people don't just do it year round because there's not the money in the sport. So right. they pick up, a, they pick this up and say, "I want to make it to the Olympics. I want to get really good at this," and they end up doing it. But back home, they're an accountant, you know, for their paycheck. Right. What sport could you do that in? Curling, I think, would be one of them. Yeah. Um, I don't know what else, like. There's some that just I don't see. It's, for me, like I'm not gonna, I ain't gonna be, you know, bobsledding. Like when, when am I gonna, when am I gonna put in the time for that? I could curl. Um, what's in the summer? Water polo's got to be low key one of the hardest things ever, even though it looks so easy on the surface because you just see their upper half just like floating around, right. throwing a ball around. Yeah, but they're literally killing each other underwater while treading water. 
Yeah, I know. That's got to be one of the most insane. Like, no, I couldn't I, do that. I couldn't do that. Um, but there's a lot of sports. Obviously, like, you're not going to do basketball, any of that shit. But here's the thing. I, I, read sprinting. The, I read the list of summer Olympic sports, and there's sports. there's a lot of sports that I have actually played before and enjoyed. Yeah. But I can't see myself doing that in an Olympic setting. I feel like I could do and, handball. In an Olympic setting? I feel like handball is just a bunch of guys that couldn't do any other real athletic sport and that went to that, which would be me. I don't know. I feel like that's kind of reckless to say. I don't know. Give me some time. <laughs> Give me some time Because I to do practice. agree. I do agree. I watch curling, and I'm like, if I had time to practice that, based on what I think the competition would be because it's not something that I typically think of that people are like, yeah, I I literally dedicated my life to playing. That's the other question is how do you how do you make do they just have qualifying rounds is it like a tournament to get into the Olympics or do they have an actual curling circuit throughout the year that you There's a curling. at the end of the they year you just become it. the best. They actually said it on the on the so channel. So do they just they take like, the top ranked guys from throughout the year? They compared it to the PGA Tour and they were like they have this Okay. like Association. They obviously that, probably don't like, get paid much, but no, that's what they do. But they have it, yeah. So do they just take the top teams from that and they get to be in the Olympics or do they have an actual Olympic qualifier? Like I think most things do. I think they have a qualifier, but I'm not positive. That would be interesting. Because the, one of the big things I talk about all the time, especially with Dags when we talk about this stuff, is so golf. The, the fucking Champions Tour. Yeah. That you can't get on until you're 50 years old. It's the senior tour for golf. Right. Could I, you know, an average, like, good good golfer, but not special. Right. I shoot, you know, shoot around 80. Could I, when I'm 45, start training, like, actually, because that's the thing. I've never taken lessons. I've never done any of that shit. Mm-hmm. And you're, the, you're in the same boat as me. All right. When we're 45. Could we go train hard for five years for golf? And when we're 50, have a chance to get on the Champions Tour. I'm not saying be the best golfer on the Champions Tour. I'm saying just be on it. Get paid to play golf. Yeah, because when you're 50, you're the youngest guy on the Champions Tour. So just by default, your body's breaking down when you get older. So just by default, when I'm 50, I'm going to be better then a good amount of guys, or at least have a better chance to be good than a lot of guys on the tour because when I'm 50, I got an advantage over a guy that's 65 on the Champions Tour. Yeah. Like, he might have been dope when he was 50, but, damn, your body starts to break down. Like, you can't tell me I can't hit the ball further when I'm 50 than a 65-year-old. Yeah, if you actually, like, practiced and dedicated your... I could hit up Gary. Your old man life I could hit up Bissell. Yeah, I, I could I could see that. I want to call probably. Bissell right now. How, mu- how much does somebody get paid though for playing on the? Uh... I don't know, and I, like that's the thing. I don't even. I don't. It wouldn't even necessarily be that. Would it be that like age, a retirement wanted, thing? Yeah, it wouldn't even necessarily be. <laughs> I need to do this for a living. Just let me be on the Champions Tour and be competing when I'm fifty for for stuff. How like that. how old is the oldest Champions Tour player? Look that up. I'm gonna call. I'm gonna call Bissell right now and see if he answers his phone. So. I even have it. Yeah. Uh, tell tell the viewers and the listeners who who this is. Well, it's only going to matter if he picks his phone up. Uh-huh. But he's uh, he's one of my buddies. Uh, 
that went to school around here, but he's the golf coach for Grand Valley State right now. I'm going to look up. Uh, I'm a better golfer than him, though. Bullshit. No, that's false. <laughs> he probably won't pick up. Damn it. Probably not. He's too busy for this. He would just sass me anyway. <laughs> How old is... I'm sorry I'm unable to take your oldest. call right now. Please leave a brief message and I'll get back to you. Unbelievable, Gary. Well, see, because that's the thing that brings me down to earth sometimes, though, is that we know some good golfers, right? Like Gary, for example. He's yeah. the golf coach, but on his own, he's a really good golfer. Now, I feel like if I called him and said, what are my chances of training for the Champions Tour when I'm 45 for five years? Could I get on it? Part of me feels like he would be like, no, because he would say he couldn't even get on or he would have a tough time. Mm. And he's a better golfer than I am. But I'm a much better athlete than Gary. Okay, Let's be real here. And he's he's been... Uh, you know, training for golf. Give me some time to train. Let him coach me up. I feel like I, c I could get on that level. So Gary Player holds the record for being the oldest player to win a championship tour event. He was 62. See, so right there, that tells you something. Because who's the oldest player on the Champions Tour, does it say? I'm, I'm trying to find it. So Because if the oldest player to win anything is there's 62. A, there's a recent... Or no, that was not recent. If the older player to oldest player to win anything is 62, I got to imagine there's guys all the way up through 70 on the Champions I would, I would imagine. So Hale Irwin is 70. So if I'm 50, I'm killing everyone that's over 62 for the most part. Obviously not everyone. Gary Player, you know, one of the best golfers of all time. He's going to be better than me. Yeah. I'm just saying, not even, I'm not saying I'm going to be better. I'm just saying I have an advantage. That's all I'm saying. I wonder, because there's this article written in 2015, Hale Irwin, now 70, still has drive to compete on Champions Tour. That's baller. And that's what I want to do. He's got to he, be. He had to have been one of the oldest. When he's a great golfer, too. So I'm not even. I'm not saying I'm going to be winning tournaments and stuff. I'm, I just want to be on it. Right. Yeah, I mean. That's, that's what I'm going to do when I'm I don't, 45. I don't think that's absurd. But I'm, I don't I don't know. Like, that's that's the thing is, like, we have never played golf competitively to even have like, I know. That's an, why I, I feel like, on this. so right now when I just think about it, I'm like, I could do it. But I feel like if I talked to Gary, he would be like, you're an idiot. You, you want to know the summer Olympic game that I think that I could actually compete in? You could not compete in anything. Do they have a IT event? No. Ping pong. Okay. I've thought about that too. You couldn't compete in it, but not right now. But if you no, gave I know, me, I know, if you gave me four years, dude, have you seen these? Have you seen the Asians play ping pong? Yeah, but okay. If I actually train under somebody that actually knows what they're doing and can get me prepared for that, I, I'm pretty sure I could get pretty close to being close to okay. being an Olympic uh, table tennis player. Ping pong is one where. Hang on, I'm going to text Gary to call me back if he can call me back before the end of the pod podcast. Um, but you wouldn't you wouldn't be able to win because the Asians would kick your ass. But I'm not it would, saying, but win. it would be yeah. That's the thing. It would be sweet if you could be like the American hope to finally yeah. beat the Asians in ping pong. That or, would be at sweet. least come close. Like maybe win a bronze. Yeah, that would be sweet. That'd be sweet. I don't think that's absurd. Do they do doubles ping pong or no? 
I feel like I haven't seen that. I don't think they That'd do. That'd be tight. We could get in on that. I don't think they do. I don't think that's a thing. Just like I don't think doubles uh, tennis is a thing either in the uh, Olympics. I'm pretty sure it's not. Well, whatever. But that's, that's another thing. It's like when Summer old, Olympics. That's what though, I want to do. I always catch myself watching the most absurd sports because, like, in America, we can catch, like, basketball, golf, like, all that stuff all all the time. Yeah. But, like, in the so in the Olympics, that's not really, like, catching my interest a whole lot. But sports, like ping pong that aren't on ESPN all the time. It's like it's yeah. super it's the same thing as curling in the Winter Olympics. It's like something that you don't see all the time. Yeah. Like curling isn't in the X games or Right. <laughs> Did you hear uh Nipsey's album? I listened to a couple songs. A couple songs? Uh-huh. Come on. I'm busy. We're supposed to be talking about music here and I come in with new albums every week and no one up here has ever listen to them so I'm just like oh that one's dope good to talk about it see you later from what from what I heard I need to listen to it because I really like the beats that I heard I think this is one of the ones that I heard what one what is he's got some dope videos to it too to to like four or five songs yeah I saw that I haven't seen any of them he's finally got a budget now because he's signed who is he signed to now I think Atlantic but, okay, so here's the thing with Nipsey that people that aren't familiar don't know. So he signed now, I think, I want to say to Atlantic, his deal's got to be a great deal because Nipsey might be, he's one of, if not the best examples of an independent rapper. I think he's like 32 or 33 now and he's signed. Yeah. He was signed to Epic like way early on, but... um. Got away from them in like 2010, maybe. Yep, I remember. So he uh, he did the he did a bunch of he's done a ton of mixtapes. Mm-hmm. I remember really first getting familiar with him when he did the marathon mixtape in right. probably like I don't know. Oh, Gary's calling me. All right, <laughs> let's let's make sure we got the. You make sure the audio is good with all this stuff. What's up, Bissell? What's going on? You're live on the podcast. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Were you rising and grinding this morning? Dude, I do want to say I've been watching your podcast and it's tight. Nice. It is tight. Nice. Right, well, <laughs> it's super tight. <laughs> what What are you up to right now? I am at work, you know, rise and grind, just like you said. Okay, good deal. Well, okay, so I wanted to get your opinion on something if you got a minute. I do. All right, so we were talking about um, the Olympics and um, possibly if there was a sport in the Olympics that your average Joe athlete could pick and train for and possibly get in the Olympics someday. Obviously not like basketball or some, or track or some shit like that, but, you know, curling, some shit. Um, which led me into a conversation I've had with Dags before about the Champions Tour with golf. So... Not to, uh, we just talked about it, so I w- I'll, I'll get through it real quick because the listeners have already heard. But my idea is when I'm 45, I start training for the Champions Tour. I get five years of good training. By the time I hit it, I'm 50. I'm the young gun on tour. I got an advantage over all these guys because at the very least, I can hit the ball further. They're all old senile bastards that can't read the greens and 
you know, they probably need to drive around in carts while I'm walking the course hitting bombs. Could I do that or is that or is that a pipe dream? Uh, you're pretty off base here. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> Uh, you're missing a lot of things is a, um, for the champions tour, there's not very many spots available because the vast majority of guys who had good PGA tour careers get full exemptions, leaving, you know, I would say under 10 spots for average Joe's like yourself. Under 10 spots. Yeah. It's somewhere in that neighborhood. If you didn't, if you didn't have any PGA tour status going in, you don't really have that great of a chance. Um, the other side would be is in five years, you may be able to hone in your skills, do this and that, um, but you're not going to have the tournament experience, which is really important. Like, you've never played for a million dollars before. That's correct. And that takes a long time to get used to. And not only that, it's hard enough to play for a million dollars on Thursday. You know, put yourself in Justin Thomas' shoes yesterday, coming down the stretch on Sunday. Like, he's playing Luke List, who's never won before. And you could tell Justin Thomas was more comfortable than List. Right, but um, I I do have uh, I do have experience winning big time golf tournaments though. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, if you consider a Division three state title with a really weak field. Uh, oh, now we got a weak field. <laughs> now we got a weak field. <laughs> I mean, course Acres East, where it's an easy golf course. To Everyone's play. playing the same course. Why does that get held against me? Well, if you play an easy course, like, for instance, like, you can hit your driver everywhere in Forest Acres East and be fine. Whereas West, like, you're going to get in trouble, which I'm assuming you probably did. I'm hitting so, every <laughs> fairway out there, bro. I had a nice draw going. I blacked out for two days, and I won that thing. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm, I don't want to totally take away from I you. Mean, I mean, I understand your tournament point, but I do, I do believe I have the clutch gene when it comes to golf. Yeah, you could also argue you peaked in high school. So. In, in more ways than one. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't okay. know, man, but here's what I would tell you. I definitely wouldn't wait till 45. If I was you, I'd get on your grind right now. Okay. Right now? Yes. <laughs> okay. The other, the, other your, the other thing to your theory is, like, I'm going to be 50. I'm going to be the young guy. And it's like, but there's going to be a bunch of other dudes that just turned 52, like Justin Thomas. Yeah, well, like he's in. Like I'm not dude. I'm not competing with Justin Thomas. You are on the Champions Tour. I know, I know, I know. But I'm not, I'm not saying let me get on the Champions Tour and win all these tournaments. I'm saying let me get on it. So, like, Justin yeah. Thomas will be a baller on the Champions Tour. I'm not, I'm not talking about him. I'm talking about, you know... I'm in a tournament like there's there's guys 65 years old on the Champions Tour. You can't tell me when I'm 50 that I don't have a good shot to take them down. Yeah, you don't. Um, Gary, so, you know, I you think mean, visors are cool? Here's what I'll say is I don't think um, like it's the worst idea I've ever heard. Like it's definitely a possibility, more of a possibility than you know other sports like you said, like football or basketball. Right, like, those are more. Obviously, you know, it's definitely golf's a skill sport, right? Uh, so I've never, I've never taken lessons or anything either. Right, that's true. Which is so. Who knows where my ceiling is? I could be on the tour right now. <laughs> yeah, I would probably stick to. The, the <laughs> okay, well, let me shift because I, I know you're saying this is this is closer to a pipe dream than than a reality. Now, what would your chances if you started at 45, being like, "That's my goal"? What would your chances be? Um, 
not very good, but much better than yours. Right. But, okay, if you had to put a percentage on mine and yours, what, what would you put those percentages at? Oh, man. Um, I would give myself under 5%. What? And, and mine lower? Oh, God. Oh, I'm coming for this. I could put a percentage on yours other than zero. Wow. There's a lot of, wow. a lot of in there. I'm coming, for, I'm coming for the Champions Tour. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if, if, if you changed it to you start grinding at 35, I'll give you a couple percent chance. Okay. Well, check back in with me in a decade, and we'll see. That makes way more sense to me, though, than what we were even talking about. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for shattering my dreams, Gary. Good talking to you. All right, appreciate the call. You guys have a great day. Yep, peace. See, well, that's he put, he, he put you in check. Hey, he gave me a. Uh, he said virtually zero, which is above zero. So I was, I was, I figured he would just straight up tell me no, and I'm, and I'm stupid. So and he took, and he took down your state championship in the. <laughs> He's jealous. <laughs> He'll never get over that. <clears throat> I enjoyed that phone call. Anyways, what were we talking about? <laughs> Uh, you were on to Nipsey. That's right. <laughs> do you need Do you need some? I need <laughs> turn, to get in the zone. turn your ego back up again. <laughs> I need to get in the zone. Gary, Gary took you down a notch. Fuck Gary. <laughs> it's fuck Gary. Nipsey. Um, where was I in talking about Nipsey? Oh, the marathon. <clears throat> that probably dropped. I don't have my dates exact, but somewhere between 2010 and 2013, something in there. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the first time I really got put onto him. I remember uh, going to Qdoba with Dags and Q. Um, it was like it must have been summertime or something because I remember it being really nice out. We just had the windows down. We had just smoked, you know, I, I, I've never been a smoker, <clears throat> but we had just smoked. Let me see if I can find the song. Um, it was off, I'm pretty sure it was off the marathon, and Q and Dags were showing me Nipsey, and I was like, I thought it was just the whole project, but especially when this song came on, because I think it was when I was the highest, <laughs> when I was the most blazed. Wow. This came on, and I was like... Yeah, Nipsey's next, bro. <laughs> Nipsey is next. I was, you know, the windows were down. Nice day. Yeah. So we got to Qdoba. And I went to go order and I couldn't even lift my... Or they wanted me to get out of the car and I was like, bro, you gotta, get, you gotta order my burrito for me. I can't lift my arms. <laughs> but this project, if you haven't heard it, the marathon by Nipsey, fire, go listen to it. This is a uh, currency and whiz beat that he did, but... Fire. Mm-hmm. I remember we this. We used song. this for some shows to like hype the crowd up back in the day. Yeah. But anyways, Nipsey did some mixtapes. Um and he really grew his buzz um independently. And one of the big kind of crazy things he did that stands out was a few years ago he dropped uh his Crenshaw project. I think it was I think it was with the Crenshaw project. I yeah. could be wrong. Yeah. But he did the whole thing where um, he made a thousand hard copies and he sold them for a hundred dollars each because his whole thing is like, a fuck the middleman. That's his big, big thing, which us as independent, we as independent artists wholeheartedly agree with. Right. 
And so he did that. And he's also like, um, it's about how much you gross. It's not about these uh, these numbers as far as like, oh, how many albums did you sell? Right. When you get to a, yeah, if you're young and up and coming, you want to get as much exposure as you can. So if you sell a lot of albums and get a lot of reach, that's different. Right. But if you're an independent artist and you've been doing it for a while, or any artist that's been doing it for a while, and you're not necessarily growing your fan base, right? Um, it is about how much you gross. He compared it to the movie industry. He's like, they don't rank how well you did, how well a movie did, or something by how many tickets it sold. They rank it right. by how much it grossed. And so he was like, let me do a thousand copies, make it exclusive, hundred dollars a pop. Let me sell out of those, and that's a hundred thousand dollars right there. Yeah, and then my shit's also up on streaming sites and whatever. You can get the normal digital, and he sold out in twenty four hours. I think. I think Jay Z bought a hundred copies. Who they didn't have some big relationship beforehand, or and it wasn't just like a favor. It was Jay Z was recognizing the. I remember that whole story. Yeah, that's, that's what. Um, I mean, because I think, I think that marathon project that you just played was, I think, the first Nipsey album that I listened to all the way through. Okay. And not the first time that I heard of him, but the first time that I actually listened to one of his albums all the way through. And I, I've always been a fan of him since then. And mm -hmm. I listened to uh, Crenshaw too. Um, or the marathon continues, you mean? Oh, Crenshaw also. Oh, Crenshaw also. Gotcha, Sorry, gotcha. yeah. I was like, there was only one Crenshaw. No, no. Um, and I listened to that, and I think that was mainly because of there was a. I just remember there being a lot of hype around that at the time he released that and because of what he was doing yeah. with that album. Um, and when, there were tons of stories um, about it. And when Jay-Z did that, like bought 100 copies yeah. or something like that, that, that made a lot of news too. And and that, if you're interested in <clears throat> independent, which if you're listening to this podcast, you probably have some type of interest, but with the independent hip-hop scene, go listen to Nipsey Hussle interviews and, and stories and stuff. This guy is exhibit A of independent rappers. Right. Um, he's got he opened up his own in Crench uh on Crenshaw, I believe. Um, either Crenshaw or Slauson or where they connect or something. He or he opened up his merch store. Mm. And if you watch, there's videos on online about that. And the whole story behind that is crazy. Mm. Um, because he's from the streets. Yep. Like, um but yeah, just Go look up his story. It's pretty incredible, and he's he's doing awesome things. So that's why I say he's built up such a um such a business on his own. His merch does really well. His Crenshaw merch. Um, that his deal with Atlantic now, it's got to be very favorable because he's super smart. Yeah, and he's not signing any dumb deal. He's probably got control. He talks all the time about how he owns all his all his raps, all his masters, all that stuff. So yeah. I'm sure his deal is a great deal and it's just something to get him exposure. You can, like I said, his budget for the videos he's been making is you can tell there's a difference. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But shout out Nipsey that his new album is dope. And I see people that are new to him being like, Oh, he's on his Rick Ross with the beat selection, like great beat selection. I heard that about this. His album. beat selections always been dope. If you ever listen to Nipsey, yeah. like don't say he's on his Rick Ross. He's always picked dope. He's beats. always picked dope beats. As far as any of the projects that I've listened to, he's always picked up beats. And I just respect him even more just because I really am a fan of his music. And hearing his story just makes you like yeah. respect him even more. Yeah. Because he is like 100% independent and does his own thing. And just hearing 
the product that he comes out with as a result of that. You, I, I don't see how someone can not yeah. respect that guy. <laughs> like, that's he's he's dope. He's talented. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I had I had like I had one topic that came through uh, my social was it my social media accounts or probably because that's normally w- what all these things come through on. I don't know um, what else it would be. Telegram? So, <laughs> no, Postcards? or just a conversation like from oh. a friend or something okay. like that. I'm pretty sure it was something I saw on social media, but I think it's a good discussion to have because um, I always wonder as far as, and even my, even when I look at myself, like I take a step back out of my little box and I take a look at myself and I'm like, okay, so us being entrepreneurs and stuff and how much you have to be aware of social media and um, just even to reach out to the people that care, your fans and stuff, you, ha- you have to use it. But at what point, either business-wise or even more importantly, personal-wise, does that become too much? As far as you even see like... the the entre- the new age un- entrepreneurs now like i the biggest one i think about is gary v and how he's just kind of like social media social media social media if you're not using it you're stupid your grandma's using it like everybody's using it and if you're not using it you are just out of touch and you will fail that's pretty much like what his whole thing is like you need to put the work in on social media in order but then, and I agree with it on the outside of everything because, yeah, duh, like this new age, like if you have an online business that is str- like, which pretty much every business has an entity that is online, you have to be aware of all that. But on the flip side of everything, it's it's tough to separate like your personal from your business as far as getting immersed into that social media lifestyle and really forgetting who you are as an actual person. Like, do you just become the social media entity of yourself if you start using that too much with the disguise of it being for business? You see what I'm saying? Like like kind of the we know you in real life sentiment? Yeah, but taking it a step further as far as you may think that you are in control of your social media life, mm-hmm. but is your social media life controlling you? Mm. You see what I'm saying? Wow, that's deep. I was <laughs> I was really thinking about that because honestly like there's a few things that I mean, people that know me, I'm I'm not on social media a whole lot. Like I don't I rarely post to Facebook anymore. I don't really post to Twitter a whole lot anymore except when I'm ranting about a basketball game or Yeah. I was just about to like, look up whatever. Twitter cuz I do feel like you're uh you I feel like you're very negative on Twitter. Yeah. Oh, I, that's our doorbell that just rang. Oh, yeah. You should go check that. I'm going to go check that real quick. I'll just play some Nipsey while you're checking it. My phone wasn't recording Moti's visual for the first half of this podcast, I believe. Or at least it turned off after the Gary phone call, so I just had to... Restart the video, so Mo's about to be pissed, but it is what it is. 
This is my favorite joint off Nipsey. Show the people. Ooh, we got the new St. Patty's Day. Get your spec gear. Oh, yeah, we're ready. We are prepared. So, um, you were talking about, like, social media and... Having it, I was talking about how negative I feel like your Twitter is, which that's what I should have been doing is looking at that. But yeah, um, I see a lot of, uh, it's just a lot of, you know, vague, frustrated tweets, it seems from you. Yeah. I love music, but I hate the industry. Yeah. There are just not enough hours in the day. Mm-hmm. The, all the G-Easy stuff. Yeah. And that, but I guess that's you definitely like bitching about state hoops. I like, I like bitch because I guess that's the thing is like the only time that I'm on social media is something that is like way bigger than it's, it's literally bitching about like, <laughs> and then you're, you're promoting and, the music in the meantime. Yeah. I'm promoting obviously. the music, which is always positive. Um, I'm, uh, yeah, like I think it's mainly just like I'm promoting the music, I'm saying positive or negative things about music. Or it's just mainly like a like if Spotify's pissing me off, if Comcast is pissing me off, if something like that is Well, like, because this day and age tweeting about that stuff right. actually gets you somewhere. Yeah, it gets you somewhere. So, but that's literally it. Like that's what I use Twitter for. Right. And I don't use Facebook in the same way because Facebook is just not interesting to me, so I'm, I'm trying not. to I'm trying to think about what you what you're saying and like I'm trying to come up with a good take about it. Right. I'm having trouble just because I I agree with you. I think it can be hard to separate this day and age to separate real life and social media. Um but I think a lot of it just comes back to the type of person you are. Like I think at your core, if you're a real person like a down to earth person, you can do that. It could be. I I just wonder though, like, and if you're not, it's gonna. If social so, media is gonna expose you. If so much of your life though is social media, and you disguise it in your head as I have to do this for business, like if you and, obviously not on that big of a scale, but if you're a if you're a daily vlogger, you're saying. Yeah, like let's like take that's, it to that that's, extreme. That's a great example where your everyday life is social media and the internet. I think you're fooling yourself into thinking that that doesn't affect who you are. Yeah, I, a, I think it does, and I don't, I think that's okay. Honestly, I'm I, I'll be the biggest proponent of separating the two. But if if your job is a daily vlogger, then I think it's only natural that 
you become a certain type of person and it does affect your real life. But just be careful though, as far as saying that, because we don't know personally any daily vloggers. So your opinion might change of somebody that if you actually meet a daily vlogger and if they're not as genuine as, as you think that they should be because mm -hmm. of the fact that they're daily vlogging, does your opinion change? Yeah, I, I don't think I personally like that person. But, right. I, but I think if you also are making good money being a daily vlogger, you're winning in some sort of way. So just because I'm not your friend. But here, fine. let me take it a step further. So I have a theory that if you are a person that lives your life on social media and to your point, like you're a daily vlogger and you live your life online and your life is act your real life is actually being affected by the fact that you're a daily vlogger. You get along with other people like that as far as because you guys are mm -hmm. like-minded people, right? Like-minded people as far as, and, and that, that is your, that is your, uh, what's the right? Like direction of thought or like, mm -hmm. that's just, that's the way you view the world is yeah. what can I present to my audience? Yeah. You're all, you always have to be in a content driven mindset, right? So your fuel for life is views that's why I don't that's why I personally don't fuck don't fuck with these people. But that that's why I'm saying though is that like cuz I'm not trying to be around my friends and just be on the lookout for being pranked every 2 seconds or like some extra shit happening every 2 seconds. So, but that that's that's the thing. I think that's where the confusion is though is that is real life to them. But that's not real life to you. You see yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. That's why that's why I think I have the stance I do is if that's what you do, more power to you and I don't look down on you. Or think it's whack that you become that person mm -hmm. because that's that's you. Like that's a great job if you can do that for a living, be a daily vlogger, mm -hmm. like awesome. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you will have a different type of friend than what I would like to have or or what I would like to be. But that's just somebody else's life. So I'm I'm gonna take it one step further now. You keep give, give wow. my give my unpopular opinion. This is this is what I wanted to set it up with. That's is as close to a deep thought. So I <laughs> I don't think that that is a good thing. Okay, because views and likes and whatever there is now retweets, favorites that is not real life. True. So. The bottom line is, and I think this is why our, our world is where it is today, is we do things for those things. Like, you can't help the fact that when you post a photo and it gets more likes than your previous photo, you get pumped about yeah. that. And it gives you, like... You know now the you know the dopamine hit or whatever like it's, it's the an, whole it's mentality of if if you post a photo on Instagram and it gets no likes do you take it down right but then you but my answer to that would be no because you didn't post like you're not supposed to be necessarily posting it to get likes you're posting it because that's the picture you want well post. a lot of people hide behind I just want to share with my friends yeah. I want to keep them up to date with what is going on in my life. Side note, don't lose your train of thought. 
but it just made me think about this because it's not exactly on topic, but it just made me think of it is, and maybe you can tie it in on Instagram or social media in general. I've never understood unless, like I said, you are the daily vlogger who people just care about your life. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole it's uh, for example, it was that, um, it was our dad's 60th birthday, um, right. over the weekend. People need to differentiate if you're get, so if I took a picture with dad, right? Mm. And I wanted to post it on Instagram. There's a difference to me and it maybe I'm just you know, king of minutia like reading too far into it, but I hate when people are like here's a picture of me and my dad's his 60th birthday. Happy birthday, dad. Hope it's write like this big paragraph to mm. your dad mm-hmm. who's not on social media. Yeah. I think that's the corniest shit ever. Right. Now, if you want to post a picture of you of your dad and you or just your dad, whatever, on his 60th birthday to social media and say, it was my dad's 60th birthday. We, he had a bunch of his friends over and we played poker mm-hmm. and it was dope. Cool. That's like You're kind of, documenting that's like your kind of vlogging your life. Yeah. But to write this heartfelt speech to your dad on Instagram, right. when he doesn't have Instagram, that's right. supposed to be to him corny as shit because you're just reaching for but that's what people buy into these but, days. And and but that's that's my whole problem with the whole thing is to to add to that. Write is, him a letter and give it to him. That's that's my thing. That's why right now, like as of the last probably four years, I wanna say, unless you are like well, actually not. Like I I really try not to do this is I don't believe in wishing people a happy birthday on Facebook because if you mean something to me, I will write you in a, in a text and I will tell you happy birthday, man. You mean a lot to me. This is the reason why I'm wishing you happy birthday. Okay. But for the sake of me wishing somebody a happy birthday on social media, what is that? What are you proving? That's you're networking. Network, yeah, okay. For what you can't deny that, and maybe you don't feel this way, but lots of people do. They remember little things like that. Oh, so and so wished me a happy birthday, so I'm in their good graces. Whatever, like when, when something comes up. Oh, so and so didn't wish me wish me a happy birthday. It's fuck them. It's on site. People actually think that. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. See, but that's that's why I bring up this topic is because I think we've lost sight of the fact of. Okay, if you're one of those people that actually like reads into who wished you happy birthday on Facebook and who didn't, you might need to reevaluate your whole Yeah. I think it's a relationship young, life. I think it's a young, old, mature, immature thing too, as well though. Like when I was in high school and college, early college, I feel like I was wishing everyone happy birthday on like when someone I knew's I, I, shit popped up I, I don't, on Facebook, I, don't know. I was wishing people happy birthday, but be. I don't do it anymore. It, it might be. I also don't use Facebook anymore. But or is it a new slash old Facebook thing? Like yeah, Facebook, w- social media in general was like very new. Yeah, as far as when, especially when I don't we, know if the young kids are doing that these days. I don't know because because that, no that was the thing when we were yeah, younger. Like, but it was new. It was like that. it was the natural thing. It's yeah. like okay, this new thing. That, this is how like, I know when everyone's birthday. Yeah, exactly. Like, and you didn't know any better. Like. It wasn't such a precedent back then. It actually did kind of mean something yeah. back then. But now it's just everybody's on it. It's so easy. And 
it's so broadcasted. Like it's so it almost gives gives the identity of being fake because of how in front of everybody's face it is. Like yeah. let me make sure that all of my friends and your friends know that I wish you a happy birthday. Yeah. Like, come on. Should I have prepared a big statement for dad wishing him happy sixtieth for this podcast? Since he doesn't watch it or I, listen to it. I, I, I the the thing is too, and I hate bringing this topic up, is just because I really don't think that people realize what they're even doing when they do that. Like they think it's coming from the most genuine, like. But it goes back to what I brought up, up this Start, topic. Go back down the road of where you were gonna go, and we kind of got sidetracked. That's what I'm about to do. Okay. So, to even bring it back full circle is, you used social like for me. Okay, I, I could, because I know a lot, I have friends that are very much so the opposite of me, and cool. aren't, they don't, they're cool, they don't have, yeah, that's funny, they don't have, uh, like a business that is strictly online like me and stuff, but, the, and the, they live very normal lives, okay, okay, nothing wrong with that, the bottom line is, though, they are much more, uh, social media oriented as far as their personal lives go, than mm -hmm. I am. Yeah. So, um, let me collect what I was even saying here. Because of the fact that since, what, probably my, my age people probably got on Facebook around like 2007, I would say. So, 2007 to now, social media has been a huge part of their life for 11 years. They... That is their life. Like, if you have used it religiously to post every little thing about your life, and that is the way you communicate, and that is the way that you mm -hmm. you deem is acceptable to show people you love them, to uh, show what you disagree with, to show what you agree with, to put in your opinion on any little thing, mm -hmm. any little aspect of your life goes onto social media. Mm -hmm. You are then owned by social media. Mm, disagree. But what? What because, is? Because, what is the reason? Okay, like you said. Okay, every wait, 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 opinion, wait, wait, wait. No, no. Let, let, me, let, me, let me let me add something. Let okay. me add something because this is very important. What I didn't say is, and you're posting it for what reason? You're okay, post, but, you're posting it because you keep checking your phone. Oh, people either agree with me or they disagree with me, and I got this many likes or this many favorites or whatever. And regardless of whether you admit that or not, I catch you checking your phone, seeing not yeah, even but, adding anything to anything. You're literally just checking your phone to see how many people liked your photo. Yeah, I do that. But at what point is that a disease? It's it's just, it's a thing. Like, okay, so you brought up, okay, people are on social media and they post things from their life to, is that, you said, is that how you show um, people you love them and how you show all your opinions and all this stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So, A, no, I don't think people use social media to show people they love them. I think it's maybe a way. And it's definitely a way to keep up with people because let's say you don't live in the same place. That's the only, I agree. So yeah, that is a that's good way, a way to show to people that you're thinking about them. Exactly. And, and, and so that's important to me. Also, as far as showing your opinions, yeah, if I have an opinion... I'd much rather tweet it or post it than say it to one of my friends because thousands of people can see it if I 
tweet it or post it, and but, you might actually start an interesting dialogue. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. you might realize, oh, there's a lot of people out there that agree with me, whereas if you mention it to one person, how far does that get you? No, no, no. I'm not disagreeing with any of that. It's when it gets lost, and that's the only way. That's the only way you feel comfortable doing all of this stuff is on social media. Yeah. Well, when, yeah. When I, I, when that's I, a whole different conversation to me, though, is, is that... Um, we're losing people's ability to communicate face to face. That's and what I'm, I'm saying. I'm a hundred percent with that. Like I think um, the younger generation is great on social media and great on the internet, and how quick people come up with things online. I'm still amazed at. Yeah. Um, and people are clever and witty, and but if you actually sat down in a room with them to have a conversation, they wouldn't be able to articulate anything they wanted to say, or they would be shy and can't talk to you. But and that's and why I think that's a problem. That's why sure. I'm careful about what type of opinions I because the thing is, I'm always when I'm coherent. I'm always which is rare. <laughs> I'm always very careful about what opinion I post on Facebook because there's always a thought in my head that if I got walked up to some random dude on the street and they asked me to articulate uh, articulate that? my opinion and and expand on it. Mm-hmm. I would want to be able to do that yes. instead of it just being like a off the top of my dome. I'm pissed well, about okay, this. But like, th- that's where this conversation goes, though, is I agree with you. I'm like that, too. But also, I realize that in order to be um, popular, be able to monetize, get an audience on social media, mm-hmm. only touching on things you feel very confident um, that you can back up. You're talking about a brand, though. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm saying only touching on those things does not get you the audience, does not build you the mm-hmm. the outlandish stuff, the the clicks, the not even necessarily outlandish, but just being able to in the moment form a quick opinion and put it out there. As much as it can be wax sometimes, is what gains traction. Yeah, I I agree, but taking a step and outside. everyone these days wants to be able to live, make a living on yes, social media. Agreed. I think that's part of the problem, though, is you have to take a step back and you have to say, okay, so if everybody's opinion matters at every single point in time, what at what point do we like there's there's no way to like we're either all on the same level or we're not. It's it's you can't have it both ways as far as like someone with the audience, their opinion all of a sudden becomes fact. Yeah, and, and that's then every, but that's, that, that's but that's what show, that's, so, that's what social media does, though. I know when you have so many of these opinions out there, and everybody can just attach to one at any point in time. There's no, there's no importance to to fact. Yeah, there's I, only I agree opinion. with you. I, I agree with you that um, just because you're a celebrity, your opinion shouldn't matter more than someone else. Unfortunately, that's just the day and age we live in. I do think though. That if you build an audience based off of your opinions, that your opinion should matter more because there's a reason people follow you and listen to you. Like, if you are a speaker on topics, like, that's your job. Or or even a vlogger where you constantly state your opinions and you build a following, there's a reason people follow you because they tend to agree with the things you say, and I think you deserve a bigger audience then. But you also have to keep in mind that there are a lot of young minds out there that their mind they haven't they haven't grown up enough to even have a solid opinion on well yeah and there's like some people are lazy too i i think i even i even catch myself doing this sometimes it's easy to hear one side of an argument 
and be like, wow, that made a lot of sense. I think that's how I feel. Mm-hmm. Yet you haven't heard the other side. Right. Then all of a sudden you hear the other side and you're like, ooh, that made a lot of sense too. The way you framed that. Okay. Right. I'm not really sure how I feel. And then you got to look up facts, but that's just kind of the age we live in. That's, that's, that's life with social media. There's a lot of benefits and there's a lot of shitty things that come along with it. Yeah. I'm just wondering though, if it's like the best thing for humanity though, as far as like, probably not for humanity, but that, and that was my only thought when I was thinking about, although there are so many positive things that come from social, there are great things, but it goes too far at some point for sure. You can't, I mean, it's really tough for me to be like, because I, I do even check myself a couple of times, but it has been more so the last few years, a, a thing I check myself on is I post a photo on Facebook and check myself checking how many likes that I got. Yeah. Well, I can't fool myself to think I'm just updating my friends on shit when I care about something like that. Yeah. But there's a lot of things with branding too. Like I'll, I'll go, um, since I'm an artist, this is separate from branding. Okay. That, that just personal. Not, so yeah, it's hard for, it's hard for me to say, I'd like to think that if not for the business that I wouldn't be, to attach that's to why i thought media. about it though is because i hide behind i i try to like keep it real with myself as far as like are you, is this really for branding or are you just trying to get that that yeah. hit of yeah. like yeah people like me like why yeah. who cares it's social media yeah because yeah of course for our branding we have to, we have to care about that like but that's why I have a Moti account and I try to use my Facebook as a personal. And yeah. the reason why my Facebook is not as pop populated as my Twitter page is because personally, I don't feel it's as necessary to keep posting. Yeah, and I guess the, the way you word that, I think I have kind of proven that I don't need it that much on my own outside of the business because I'm the same way. I try to keep my Facebook for personal. Um, and I probably haven't posted on there in like four months. Yeah. So, but then again, I get my, the same thing some people get from posting on Facebook and stuff, the same high they get when they get likes and stuff on that. Like I'm getting that through our business on Twitter and Instagram and stuff. So no, you are for sure. So I can't, I can't sit here and preach about it. Like, I don't know. And that's, that's why it's mostly with my Instagram and my Twitter. I try to check myself as far as like, why am I posting this? Like, is it for the business or is it just because I'm I'm feeling down about myself? I need that. I think the scariest thing with Twitter is just it's uh it's only a certain amount of characters and you can just put something that makes a lot of sense as a headline, clickbait type stuff. You get a bunch of retweets and stuff and everyone agrees with it, yet the the small, small minor um minority of the people that see that maybe even clicked on the article and know what's actually going on, things like that. Like there was one I saw right when I woke up this morning that was, it it was something like, it was on Twitter, something like a transgender um, woman won her second straight wrestling title or something. And there's a picture and it's this woman who looks or this girl, I can't, I can't remember how old, looks like a man, like a mm. boy kind of, mm. um, and got this girl in front of her in a chokehold. Mm-hmm. And it says, like, you know, transgender woman wins. I wish I could find it. But, um, but of course, the natural thing that everyone's going to think when they see that is this. Let me see if I can find it. Oh, here we go. 
Transgender wrestler Mac Beggs wins second straight Texas girls high school title. And this is the picture. <laughs> so, of course, what's the first thing you think? That's a that's a guy wrestling mm. girls. No wonder they're winning, blah, yep. blah, blah. Mm. But if I, I, I think if you read the article, and I'm going to say this right away. I just saw it on Twitter this morning, so I haven't researched it or whatever. Mm. Um, so I could be wrong, but this is just an example. Is if you read the um, the article in full, I believe it is uh, the person, the transgender person, is in the process of transitioning from female to male, oh. not from male to female. Oh. But just by seeing that Twitter headline, mm -hmm. and I'm not saying that's right either. That's a whole nother um, conversation of whether they should be competing with the mm. women or the men or whatever. But mm. I'm just saying the first thing you think is that's a male transitioning to female transgender and, and wrestling against yeah. women. And you're, yeah. right away you're like, yeah. that's bullshit. That should not be happening. Yeah. Blah, blah. And that can get a shit ton of retweets and all these comments on people thinking that. But if you click the article and read it, it's not that simple. Mm. But that's, that's one of the scariest type of things to me on Twitter. Well, um, that's why, because it's just, X amount of characters, and that's what you get. And people make gut reactions on whether yeah. they side with it or not, and just that can get in trouble. And and even uh, pausing for a second just to say, podcasts. I love podcasts because within the name podcast is the uh, expectation that this is all opinion. Yeah. That's, yeah, you shouldn't have to even preface stuff by saying, I feel like... That's why I love podcasts, because I am never tuning into a podcast... Believing it's CBS. This is, yes. Yeah. But that's the problem that I have with news agencies today, is because they're trying to act like podcasts, because this is starting to become very right. popular. Right. People, are li people like the opinionated stuff. Yep. But and then they they choose whose opinions they like and that's who they listen to. But they're still doing it under the identity of being news, right? Yeah. If you want to be the news, you got to report the facts and the news. Mm -hmm. And if you want to have all your opinions and stuff, yep. then that better be a separate. You thing. better well, you better preface that thing three times right. before you start ranting off on right. opinion, right? Because I'm tuning into you to get the facts. I'm not tuning into you to get what your opinion is. Yeah. I could care less. Right. I will listen to your podcast if I want to hear your opinion. Yeah. I feel you. I'm with you. It's a good discussion. You got anything else you want to talk about today? Um, I went to a... Uh, <clears throat> on Thursday, last Thursday, I went to a rock show at the, the front room at the intersection. Mm -hmm. um, one of Gloria's good friends, uh, her boyfriend is in a, a band. Um, shout out to Hollow Front. Um, it's really the first rock show I've been to. Um, mm -hmm. I pretty much stay in my hip-hop bubble for the most part. But I went to go show love. They're good people. And um, so we get there. And <clears throat> the first act is on. We're just watching kind of from the bar. So to set the scene, it's like, what do you think the stash is? Like 500, 400 people, something like that. Yeah. Um capacity probably 400. Capacity venue. Um there's probably I don't know 100 people there, 150 something like that. Tough to say. I'm not good with that shit, but something like that. Mm. Um and then they're done and um Hollowfront, Tyler's band, he plays bass. Um they go on next. 
And so we go up by the stage, and they're setting up, doing all this shit. And Allison, uh, Gloria's friend, Tyler's boyfriend, when they're about to start, turns to me and says, I had just gotten, we had just gotten fresh beers. So, you know, we got full beer. She's like, um, I, would, I would drink half of that before they start and make sure you keep an arm free. And I was like, oh, shit, okay. And, what? But I'm, I'm still thinking, though, like there's not many people around me you know, I'm kind of off to the side near the front. Right. Like, okay, but I'm not too worried about anything. And, but I do it. I drink some of my beer. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm ready. Right. And so this thing is just about to start. Like, they're just about to start. They're set. Glow hands me her drink and says, Can you hold this? And she gets out her phone. She wants to take some pictures because Allison gets really into Tyler's shows and she just is in the moment and Glow takes pictures for her. And right away, I get this drink. Glow starts opening her phone. Show starts. Boom! I just get assaulted, <laughs> Spill, <laughs> spilling drinks. I'm I'm like split second reaction. I'm pissed. I'm like, this is straight up assault. Like you just tackled me. What the, what the fuck? Yeah. But then I'm like, okay, you've you've never been to one of these shows. You got warned. This right. is just what they do. Yeah. And um, so I was more pissed at Glow than anything. She handed me a full ass beer right when this shit started. I I had no, I just had two beers in my hand like this, just getting wrecked. But so as the show went on, I was more aware of this. Basically, they had the whole front row. There's people rocking out. Then there's kind of the sides, and they leave the whole middle open for moshing. And it's just right. these guys flying around, tackling each other, hitting each other, and shit. Mm-hmm. It's it's a whole different vibe than any of the you know hip hop local hip hop <laughs> shows we've seen and. <laughs> It must be something like, I don't know. The first band that was on, they weren't really doing that, so I, that's why I wasn't prepared. Right. But that's just the thing, and it was kind of it's a it's a cool energy. It's definitely different. Um, yeah. Shout out to Hollow Front though. The show was really dope. I I need to do that more often. Go to some different genres of yeah. shows because going to a bunch of hip hop shows, you don't get um you don't you get the, a similar vibe all the time. Mm. And I think there's things you can grab from how other performers go about their live shows that you can use in a unique way in hip hop. Right. And not just do the typical hip hop show. Right. But they put on a really good show. Um it was I had fun and I I definitely wanna go out and support them again. But um yeah, that was just an interesting experience for me. Yeah, the I've I've heard I've heard of those type of shows and that I've never been brave enough to go to one. <laughs> yeah, no, that it was dope. But well, yeah, I, but really, if you're if you go in unprepared, it's assault. They like if you're just standing there, they will assault yeah. you. But if it's yeah, it's expected though. Yeah, yeah. No, that's you that's can't wild, you can't be though. mad because everyone that's been there knows that's wild. Um, the last the last thing I wanted to bring up is uh, explaining how music videos work as far as I don't know. I might be I suck at music videos as far as. How did, like, what makes a quality music video as far as, like, I don't know. The I You do know video. because you do know what goes into making a, a music video and what is necessary for it to be a quality product. And do when I? you, yeah. And when you're lacking one of those, you don't get a quality product. You know what has to go into a music video. How many video really good that, music videos do you think we have, I've made? Really good ones? Honestly, I don't think that there's... I, I've never been happy with the music video that we've made. I like I Already See It. I still... I 
I mean, I liked it. I just still, it wasn't like. I like, I already see it. I like basement freestyle. Um, Here's an insight to what I'm talking about, though. Okay. I have, we make music and we make it to our specifications. There's not one thing that, there's little things that were like, this could have been better, this could have been better. But as far as execution and what was delivered in that project, we are always 100% happy with. Correct? Or else we wouldn't be putting it out. Because Just we have music you're talking We about. have full control the music. over it. Yeah. yeah. The song. Yeah. Yes, the track. Yeah. That is because we are musicians. Like, we, we are very experienced as far as this stuff goes, and we know how to execute the idea to the fullest extent. And there is nobody else that is needed in order for us to get our creativity out there the way that it was intended to be. Right. Correct? Right. Music videos are different. I am not a videographer, director, producer, video-wise, as far as that goes. I can try, but I'm not. Mm -hmm. Therefore, I lack what is necessary in order for me to get out my idea to the best extent that I can. So, And there's another instance that goes into that is money. Now, this is not very different as far as music goes, but the amount of money is different. You still need money in order to make the music the way that you want it to. But this day and age, you do not need as much to make it as, as what Plus, you want. Plus, <clears throat> the music, you can invest in things that you can use for X amount of time for X amount of songs and projects. Whereas right. with the video, if you're not going to be the one becoming the videographer, producer, whatever, and you're paying someone for their services, you are paying a big upfront, you're paying a big upfront cost for a video, and then you're doing it again, the next video. Right. Well, and and there's things like you got to pay actors if you want those. You got to pay extras. You got to pay the venue that you want to shoot in. Yeah. Like with music, we made music out of our bedroom for X amount of years. We were paying rent anyway. That wasn't an extra cost into mm -hmm. making music. We bought an audio interface and a mic, which were used for multiple projects. We can't like... The only thing that we can really say that is like that is a camera and a and a tripod and things yeah. like that. Like, but that's why I guess you can draw a parallel though that you know if you want to be the videographer, you can do the same thing we did with music. Mm. So, but if you want if you want but to it pay does. the videographer, then it it also would be expensive to pay if you are just a rapper. Mm -hmm. And you want to pay for everything else, engineering, mixing, mastering, producing, all that stuff. If you want to pay distribution, all, all this stuff, right? then that gets expensive too yeah. for every song and project. Yeah. So I don't think it's that different, do you? It does if you want to evolve. Because the thing is, in order to create crazy pro produced music videos, like things that, especially this day and age, things that you watch and you're like, whoa. That shit was dope. Mm. Most of the time, and I'm talking like 85% of the time, there was a large budget that went into that video. And it's far bigger than what we've, we have paid yearly for music yeah, to do what we need to do for that one video. Okay. So it is different as far as when I want to up my game musically, I just need to come up with more ideas and more sounds. 
like in my head. Okay. So or where, so or where are you going with this? So I think there's a misunderstanding though of when someone sees a music video and they're like here that I'll I'll explain my backstory to this. The other day I was looking through your YouTube comments and I always found a, always a better I found a absurdly amount of of comments on different music absurdly videos. Absurdly amount. An absurd amount of comments. Um that were why does this music video look so much better than this music video? Or yeah. why does like why is why are Packy's old music videos so much better than his newer music videos? Or why does Marcus have better music videos than Packy's music videos? Because Marcus be paying money. <laughs> but that's but that's a fair a, question for a fan to ask, and that's why I'm bringing it up. Yeah. Because I do think that there's there's a disconnect as yeah. far as like quality of music and quality of music video are not the same. Because you make quality music does not mean then you can go out and make a quality music video. Right, but I also I I get what you're saying and agree, but also from a fan's perspective, it does make sense that the bigger your music gets, that your music videos would follow suit because you just assume the bigger your music gets, you're making more money in music, and you can invest that into music videos, which you couldn't before. That would that would be normally the way that things would go, but it just this, uh, to me it just day, depends on the importance you place on music videos. We invest our money in other more important places for us. Well, and I think this day and age, you're starting to see it a little bit more. As far as there's always going to be the artists that have the friends that are really good with with uh, videos and they take advantage of that and they all succeed because of that fact. Mm. Not every artist is like that. You, not every artist has their friend be the videographer and can actually follow through with that. Right. But it's becoming more and more so today that you get the middle the middle class artists as far as like, dude, we make. A modest amount of money, it's good enough to live on, but it's not a lot. And we have to wisely choose what we invest that money into yeah. as far as the career goes. We invest our money in, instead of crazy music videos, we've invested it in a music label, a right. merch, things like that. Right. That a lot Office of artists space, don't necessarily do, have. this podcast type right. stuff. All, all these other things. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And like, for example, this year I'm making a decision to just get back to what we did back when we first started with the music videos of, we know they're not going to be the illest shit out there. Mm -hmm. But you know what? I'm sick of not having visuals for my songs. Right. Because people like that. Mm. So this year, I'm just going to make visuals for my songs that hopefully some of them will turn out to be really dope. Some of them won't. Right. But they'll be there. And and I'm not going to pay an arm and a leg for them. So if they don't turn out how I wanted, I'm not going to feel shitty about it. Right. We're just going to we're just going to do visuals because yeah. because to me, I made the decision that it's better to have them than not have them. Yeah, it is. And that, but that's the thing is like you just kind of got to accept like we what shot you a, can make. we shot a visual with Aiden for we know you in real life um, a few weeks ago and you're in it. Q's in it. We shot it in the office. Just like three different scenes, I haven't seen it. I I haven't seen it yet, but it's gonna be very simple, mm -hmm. um, which I kind of wanted for the we know you in real life thing. Like I wanted it to be simple, right? But at the same time, 
it has to be because I'm not paying a bunch of money or anything for it. But at the end of the day, whether fans love it or hate it or are lukewarm about it, there's a visual out there for that song now. Mm-hmm. And to me, that can't hurt. Yeah. No, I know. I mean, I, and that's the only reason why I wanted to bring it up is just I do feel like the more I read comments and the more I'm seeing the 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 disconnect as far as like because you make dope music that should mean that you're making dope music videos and when you're not you are slacking that is just not yeah that's you might be slacking on the quantity right but that does not mean that you're slacking on quality right it's but i understand t- a fan's frustration though because you see all these other yeah, dope that's videos not, from these other yeah that's not what like, i'm talking about yeah because i totally understand that yeah just, I'm just just saying, know that we're frustrated too. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's, a, it. it's yeah, it's the two-sided frustration. It's not just yeah. you. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, cuz that's the thing is I do get frustrated because I feel so much in control of our music as far as like when someone says I don't enjoy your music as much as I did, then that's a personal thing to me because that's when I'm just like I have to step up my game because I'm in total control of that, and there is no excuse. Well, you're for, you're in total control of your music, but you're not in total control of people's of an opinion, random ass opinions. But I I do feel like it lights a fire in me to be like I want to do better. Yeah, and but that's good. But there's a disconnect there because when someone disses my music video, well, shit, like I could have planned it a little better or whatever. But there's so many different aspects that go into that yeah. that it's just. It's hard for me to be like, oh, well, I guess that's yeah. your opinion, and that's pretty much it. Like, there's really nothing I can do about that. We made the most yeah. of our budget. We got who we could. Who well, and, we could. That's, and that's why we went through, or I've gone through periods of time. I'm in one right now of where I just don't have music videos because I know the quality isn't there, and I don't want to put out a, a product that I'm not super hype about. But then at the end of the day, fan, like I look back and fans enjoyed some of the old stuff that I look back on and I'm like, that's a shitty video, but they liked having a visual for it. And I would probably be the same way. So right. What does it hurt? No, I know. I mean, I just, yeah. Anything else you want to touch on? I think that's it for me. I don't really have anything else. Um, for those in the Michigan, mid Michigan area, I have, I'm opening for futuristic, uh, in Detroit, March 7th. You can still get tickets at onlyfuturistic.com. Yep. Um, he's traveling with a with an opener, so it'll be me, then his traveling opener, then him. There's a link to it on your website, too. Okay. Thespectators.com slash Packy. Scroll down to his events. It's right there. You'll be able to get tickets. It'll link you right to the site that you need to go to for that. It is... 11 12 a.m at the moment um i haven't heard from ali joseph oj creep mob about his new song that i'm featured on but i see it is currently up on spotify so i have put it in my artist picks and we're gonna play that when we outro here but go check that out he's the homie um show some love to that say what up to him all that good shit. We finally have a way for you guys to ask us questions on the podcast. Two ways. You can pick whatever whatever one tickles your fancy the most. Um, we have a phone number. You can reach that at 1616-606-5017. And that'll take you... <laughs> 
That'll take you directly to a voicemail service. You'll hear my name, or not my name, my voice. And all you need to do is leave your name, where you're from, and what your question is. Um, you give then, the instructions on the... Yep. The yeah. instructions are on the voicemail. Um, so just leave that, and we'll go check it every week, and we'll pick some of the ones that we want to answer. If there's any good ones. If there's any good ones. If not, we'll totally ignore Don't it Don't come to us altogether. with some bullshit. <laughs> um, also... You can tweet a video with your voice recorded on it. We don't need your visual. We just need We'd like your to voice. have the visual so we can see you guys. If you want to, to do you. the visual, you can do the visual, but don't feel like it's necessary. Correct. Um, and just tweet that at the spectators, and we will uh, review those as well. Um, but yeah, I think that's it. So the phone number is 1616-606-5017. And I'm sure if you're an international fan, do not call that number because I'm pretty sure you will be charged for that. But okay, this is inter- mainly... So international people don't phone in, do the Twitter thing. Right. That's why we're doing the Twitter thing is because I do feel like that's going to be better for the international people. Okay. This is a U.S. number, so it's going to be treated as one. So if you know what your current phone situation is, you can you can judge it for what it is there. Word. Shout out Michigan State Hoops, Big Ten champions mm-hmm. let's make a run through all the bullshit <laughs> all right outroing redo by ali joseph featuring packy we never had a bad time only bad timing you said we were done you were always bad at lying I know you've been checking on me. You know I don't got nobody. Why are we still looking around? We could get it on and poppin'. Don't be telling me you don't feel it too. I got the blues. You better not got nobody new. I got some naughty things we could do. Get you up out of that body suit and get down, down like somebody shooting, girl. Hallelujah for you. I'll be a fool. Let's not waste time. I need you now. Don't know about forever, but we can figure that out. Don't make me beg. You want it bad as I do. Don't tell me you don't need me. I hate being lied to. Yeah, it's when I see you. I'ma need a redo I know we can get that all night 